the blast from our past network. Cut right! Cut right! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Mm, giddy up. <laughs> Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld, one after the other, as we watch them. And I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. I almost forgot to say my own name and introduce you, but <laughs> I was I'm... I was wondering what was going. You're like, and I was like, is he having a stroke? What's going on? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just sad that we are about to be done with season two of Seinfeld. We are moving along, baby. Yeah, except whew, we ended up. We're ending on a note, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, you know, save it for the discussion. Well, I guess this is the discussion we're talking about. <laughs> I was like, isn't our podcast the discussion? <laughs> this entire episode is devoted just to that. Uh, and of course, Corey is talking about the episode entitled "The Bus Boy." That is season two, episode twelve, and it aired on June twenty sixth, nineteen ninety one, which I noticed was over a month after. The last episode aired, which was the Chinese restaurant, which I thought was just kind of strange, which aired in uh, May 23rd. And so I just, I don't know, I found that kind of interesting. They took a little, you know, month break before they kept going. Uh, anyway, moving on from that, what I want to know is what's the synopsis of The Bus Boy? <laughs> yeah, good segue. Uh, the Bus Boy. During the gang's meal at a restaurant, a bus boy is fired and George seems to blame. Kramer helps George try to make things right with the bus boy while Elaine faces the reality of having a boyfriend visit for a week. Okay. All right, let's find out what happens in all those hijinks in our scene breakdown. So, all right, we start off with a stand-up bit about not being a foodie. <laughs> as much as I dislike this episode, I actually really enjoyed this little stand-up opening bit. Um, he talks about not being a fo- foodie. He's like, I don't really care, you know, how things are cooked or whatever. He's like, hell, I've eaten, you know, rolls off of a room service tray in a, in a hotel hallway before. And then people laugh and he goes, that's not a joke. That's my life. He's like, why would someone poison a roll and leave it in the hallway for some comic at 2 a.m. in the morning? Uh, sometimes, <laughs> and he's like, sometimes when you go to a right nice restaurant they put the bill in the bill in a book and he's like what is this a story of the bill and then sometimes the book has a little yellow tassel and he's like am i graduating from the restaurant now it didn't end like the little stand up there it's two bits right there and i didn't like the way like the second bit went but i liked his honesty in the first bit where he's he could tell on his face when he said he's like this isn't a a joke this is my life i eat rolls you know because you got to figure this move this show is being filmed he wasn't big at this time you know he was still doing tours and everything but he wasn't jerry freaking seinfeld at this point i think he starts becoming the jerry seinfeld like on tours and everyone getting big i think it's after this season i think it's in between seasons two and three mm-hmm. so yeah, i think i think we will probably notice a shift in this in a couple different things once we get into season three but yeah. you know what did you we'll think of the opening uh, uh stand-up the thing that really surprised me was that they used the term foodie. I didn't realize foodie was used back in 1991. I thought it was much more of a recent, uh, you know, part of our vernacular. I I had the exact same takeaway, but I, as I was 
feverishly taking notes. I was like, I need to circle back around to this. But yeah, I'm with you, dude. Yeah. I thought foodie was a new term. But nope, lo and behold, 1990, 1991, you know, whenever this was filmed. Yeah. Next, we're going to know they're going to start saying, you know, lit and my fam. And uh, <laughs> man, that's on fleek. And I did. <laughs> You know, maybe they maybe those are all from like the eighties and seventies for all I know. Fuck if I know. Fuck, who knows? <laughs> who knows? You, they were saying you, Netflix and chill before Netflix was even a thing. <laughs> touche. Touche. And I I know all those things are like two, three years old or more than that, but you know, whatever, damn it. I'm in my thirties, okay? I don't <laughs> I don't know what the kids are saying. Hey buddy, as someone who is forty one, I can tell yeah. you that it's only <laughs> gonna get worse and you're gonna become more and more disconnected and you know, there's gonna be like musicians out there and you're going to be like, I don't know who that person is. And all the kids are loving them. And you're going to be like, no, I'm just going to go listen to tool or something else from like 1993. You know, God damn right. I will listen to tool dude you're coming out with a new album. I'm fucking excited, uh, baby. Uh, dude, uh, to kind of like put a, a timestamp on this, but, um, they literally just dropped their entire catalog yeah. on all streaming services mm-hmm. last night. Um, I was going through, I mean, I'm packing up my apartment and everything and I pull out all of my tool CDs because I've been in the mood to listen to tool because I don't have them on any streaming services I pull all my CDs out and I'm like cool I'm gonna listen to them I log on to Facebook and I see that tool making and made an announcement that they're on stream on Spotify everything I put those CDs immediately in the trash and like great and put <laughs> put my headphones in and dude I am a massive tool fan uh, they are mm. my favorite band of all time and uh, I've been listening <laughs> to their entire catalog today the entire day good 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 i think they realized uh that you know now that little nas x and billy ray cyrus are you know dominating the charts it's time for tool to make a goddamn comeback yeah it's it's 2019 maynard it's time to put your catalog on streaming services sorry buddy yeah yeah that's what the, the kids need to be listening to tool more than you know that that uh, old country road, I think, is what it's called. <laughs> sure, what, whatever. I have no no clue. <laughs> I'll listen to Tool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and now that's all you all you can do. Yep. You just listen to Tool all the fucking time, man. So, all right, this is not the Tool podcast, <laughs> <laughs> dude. I would I would rather talk about Tool than this episode, man. Spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Well, let's get through it. I'll drudge you through there, scene by scene. Uh, we open at. We open at a restaurant. Uh, Jerry, Elaine, and George are there. We still haven't seen Kramer in a while. Just throwing that out there. He'll he'll come back a little bit. Uh, but you know, George complaining about why he ordered pesto. Him just being an erotic asshole. One pesto is fucking delicious. I don't know why anybody would not enjoy pesto. And I don't know if I want to be friends with anybody who doesn't enjoy eating pesto. I so. didn't think I didn't <laughs> think not liking pesto was a thing, man. I thought pe- pesto is awesome. Yeah. I love pesto. <laughs> Exactly. But then, but then Jerry did make the point of like, oh, where is pesto? Or I think George said it. Where's pesto ten years ago? Um, yeah. And it, and it's interesting because I was walking uh, through Target the other day. We were buying some stuff here and there, and I saw a sign for salsa, and I started saying salsa. <laughs> Everyone, why? It's the number one condiment in America. It's because people like to say salsa. And but it's interesting because like now we're so used to all these things like pesto and stuff. I I didn't think that there was a time when pesto didn't exist or it wasn't like mainstream but it's cool seeing this and have them talk about it again i just want to talk about anything that's not this episode (laughs) i whenever i hear salsa i think of george's rant of how can you say salsa not think i said salsa 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 that's that's what every time i hear salsa it's it's, i almost immediately go there (laughs) so 
Uh, all right. Uh, we also get just a funny little thing of uh, Jerry sees this guy with a hat and tells Elaine that, you know, this dude's got plugs and they're just, I don't know, they're just, they're eyeballing people around the restaurant, shit that we all would do. Uh, and it's just kind of funny. Elaine is uh, trying to borrow, she's borrowing Jerry's car to pick up this guy. Uh, we kind of get this little bit of a backstory that she had a fling with this dude. And now he's coming over to stay with her for an entire week. She's excited about that at this point <laughs> and he's coming from seattle which george equates seattle to it's the pesto of cities which it's not seattle's good well i guess yeah. maybe it is because i think seattle's good i also think uh pesto is good so yeah i didn't really i didn't really get that joke maybe, maybe because it's so it's so hot right now i don't know maybe that's what it is all right so eventually a menu starts going up in flames and george and the, and jerry and elaine notice it and they, they stamp it out george tells the manager that oh shit a busboy must have left it you know too close to the live flame uh elaine makes you know this very annoying joke i'll never eat here again as she says it to him i want to stop right here and have a little diatribe i hate the kind of people who say that kind of stuff i don't find those jokes funny for some reason like yes it's sarcastic but i don't find it funny i find it equal to the kind of jokes of when a waiter comes up to me and i've eaten all my food and they say you didn't like the meal did you i'm like go fuck yourself yeah. Fuck you. I didn't eat this because I enjoyed it. I ate it because I'm a fat fuck and I like food, period. So you go fuck yourself. I fucking hate that. I, why do waiters do that? They should stop doing it. I hate it. Even if I did enjoy the food, I now hated my experience because you made that goddamn joke. That stupid dad joke or whatever the hell it is. Like, <sighs> it's just crappy. And I'm with you, dude. When, when Elaine said that, I was like, mm, that's a little douchey. Although... I think it was supposed to be like she's even like I didn't yeah. mean it but like yeah you also didn't need to say it you know like it mm -hmm. was a bit douchey I, I didn't I didn't care for it personally no 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 it's not funny but I mean that's the whole point I think the way you put it of that line uh, the bus boy ends up getting fired right in front of them you know they're obviously freaking out George's worried like oh god did you know me telling on him uh, do it or did Jer and Elaine's worried that oh fuck did she do it and then Jerry is just kind of sitting back and making these dark comments and I love it. I do like Jerry's just comments. You know, one of them he says he'll probably kill his family over this. Like just little dark shit that is just like I, I love having that kind of friend, you know? <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I'm that kind of friend and it just makes me happy too. Yeah, I I wrote that line down and I even put in parentheses. That's dark. That was I think that was a <laughs> that was a smidge darker than he usually goes, but at this point, mm -hmm. we've seen Jerry go pretty dark in some of his jokes. So, you know what? I take it back. I, I don't think it's off off mark at all as something he would say. I think that is yeah. definitely something yeah, he would it. say, but it definitely dips its toe into a little bit of darker waters than than Jerry normally goes into, but it's funny. I like it. And then he, he's just like, I didn't say anything. I just, uh, you know, he, he's very <laughs> Yeah. Very much settling into his uh, devil may care attitude. Agreed. So at Jerry's apartment, uh, they're still kind of talking about the busboy, about you know what what they should do. Should you know they go apologize or et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the thing I find weird, and I don't know why this stuck out to me. Uh, George, like he pulls out like this uh, sandwich. I mean, one they just got back from eating, and I know that, I know this is in the future, but you know he's eating again, uh, and he pulls out like this like turkey sandwich, and maybe maybe it's a ham sandwich. I couldn't tell. But he's putting ketchup on it. That kind of pissed me off. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why uh, I noticed it so much. But I'm like, you don't put ketchup on sandwiches, really. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I will put mayo. I will put mustard. You know. But ketchup to me, ketchup is reserved for the hot meats. 
You know, like the hamburgers, the hot dogs, that kind of stuff. I would never put ketchup on a cold turkey sandwich or a cold ham sandwich. I find that that just... I don't know why that bothered me so much, but it did. <laughs> I, I think it's because before he put ketchup on it, the sandwich looked rather good, and it was freaking it, yes, huge. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> I want that. And I guess this was probably, like, what, the next day or something, um, obviously. No, it, no, no. It's not the next day. It's got to be that same day because George eventually goes over to his apartment, to the busboy's apartment pretty soon, and he says... I was at the restaurant earlier. Yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. Why is he eating a sandwich yeah. of that uh-huh. magnitude, of that size? <laughs> it's a huge freaking sandwich. God, I hate this episode. But you wouldn't you wouldn't say that phrase, I was at the restaurant earlier. I don't feel you would say that unless it was that day. I, I, I agree with you, although I feel like the problems with this episode, and we're talking about it now because they're, they relate right now, I think it's the directing. I, I think that, A, they shouldn't mm. have said earlier. I think he shouldn't... I think he should have said like yesterday and then I don't think he mm-hmm. should have been eating that sandwich like right I think I think the writing and the directing did not know how this like they couldn't see how this episode was sort of like playing out time wise and I think they made some choices that were not good that were that were not good okay. at all interesting uh just so everybody knows the director of this episode was the same director on every episode of season two uh Tom Sharones mm-hmm. uh Sharones whatever then he um, was but- having a bad bad day <laughs> That could be, or it. he was just working with you know, like like working with the best he's got. You know, like it wasn't maybe yeah. it wasn't the strongest script, and he was just like, you know what, working with yes. what I can here. Not not all of them can be a, a four point five, according to Adam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, not many of them are going to be a four point five. This one definitely not a four point five. <laughs> Spoiler alert: not a four point five. Uh, anyway, Elaine had come in, and you know George is trying to figure out what to do. Uh, she apparently found the busboy's address, and George is going to head over there to apologize. Jerry thinks somebody should go with him. You know, I wholeheartedly agree with him. You don't just go over to a guy that you got fired address by yourself. You know, take somebody. And and Kramer uh, is pretty big, and you know can be intimidating. Uh, and so, especially to little children, um, but but at this point, he's at least tall. Uh, so I think it's good to have backup or somebody with you just in case something goes crazy. Uh, Kramer does go with him, so he's not a shut-in like you mentioned in the last episode. Yeah. But, I mean, all of this is partly because things were... F- we're done so out of order. Right. And we'll get we'll get to all that next episode when we kind of wrap this season up. Um, but I did enjoy when uh, Jerry was like, oh, take the K-Man with you. And then I love the look yeah. on Kramer's face. He's like, take me where? And he was so yeah. excited, almost like a puppy dog. He had like a puppy yes. dog look in his eyes. He's like, take me where? <laughs> he was so happy. I was like, that's cool. I like that. I very much. En- There's tiny, 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 tiny little bits of gold in this episode. And that was one of them. Every single Seinfeld episode has some gold. Yeah, there's there's gold to be found somewhere. It's just not abundant in this one. Exactly. It, it depends on if you're mining a river of gold to get little flakes or if you're fucking cutting off, you know, chunks with a pickaxe, you know, from a, a whole gold mine. Uh, and this one is you're mining. You're mining in this episode. <laughs> yeah. There you, yeah. Uh, or the, you're not mining. Sorry. You're you're uh, what is that called? Sifting. You're, you're sifting through the, yes, the sand yeah, or sifting. whatever. Yeah. The, yeah, uh, yeah. the the Chinese food restaurant was definitely mining with a, a pickaxe, just knocking giant chunks of gold. This one. Yeah. Little granulars of gold. Panning. Panning for gold. That's what it is. There you go. He's back, guys. Adam's back. <laughs> I'm back. I'm done. Stroke is done. Uh, we're moving forward. Uh, so we get to the busboy's apartment. George is like awkwardly apologizing to him. The one thing I always, I don't know, maybe it's because I just didn't dislike it about it. And it was the actor's choice. 
he has this very machismo puffed out chest when he's talking to the guys. And I'm just like, dude, calm down a little bit, you know, bring it down. Yeah. His, he, he played it like to a, to an 11, like, you know, like mm-hmm. he definitely could have put some more subtlety in, in it, the actor, um, but yeah. he, who played Antonio, the bus boy, but he played it to an 11 where he made his chest basically stick like a good foot out from like his head, but his arms are not that big. So he's like, <laughs> I was just like, Oh, that doesn't really work, bud. You should have, you know what I mean? But, but yeah. it does, intimidate george and maybe maybe that's the joke is that george can be easily intimidated intimidated by someone who's not all that intimidating and if that is the joke well it was a little bit lost it wasn't as clear of a joke i don't think that whole discussion or whatever that apology is going awkwardly so they're about to head out Uh, this is when the bus boy realizes that his cat is missing uh, and the door was left open. Yeah. Now, at this point, I went back and rewound just to double check and make sure, you know, what had happened. Uh, and Kramer 100% did leave the door open. Oh. This was his fault. Oh, shit. And it's great because the look, like when the busboy's yelling at them about who left the door open, the look that Kramer gives George, like the, the whole like side eye thing, like it was him type of thing, was uh-huh, was yeah. the, another good part of this episode. But it is funny that it was actually Kramer that did it. Yeah, it was. I mean, so it's not actually in shot. It's just, just barely off camera. But you see kind of Kramer like, Move the door a little bit, but there is no latch shut. There's none of that there. And he doesn't, like, you know, thoroughly close it. He just kind of, like, moves it a little bit out of his way. And then they walk away from the door. And so, yeah, it's he was the last person at the door as well. So it's totally his fault. Well, at least they kept the continuity correct on that one. Good for them. But, but to defend Kramer... It's not his job for him to know that the guy has a cat in the apartment. The guy should know he has his own cat and shut the door himself. It's not my job to know everybody else's everything is about them. I, I do blame him as well. Yes, I, I'm with you. I can't go any further on that one. <laughs> okay. I, don't, I don't care enough to go further. Uh, fair enough. All right. At, you know, still at the busway's apartment. They can't find the cat. Kramer also trips and breaks over the lamp. It's just kind of like reemphasizing, you know, or emphasizing more. This, this guy's life is being thoroughly ruined by George and George's friends. <laughs> I, I, I kind of but I do kind of like that trope where you know you're trying mm-hmm. the best intentions but you're just making it worse you're just making it absolutely worse and I think that other movies and other shows have done that set up better than this but at its base level this it did you know there were some some laughs to be had with Kramer mostly with Kramer breaking things but um, I, I do kind of like that trope just you're just exasperating everything and making everything worse when you're trying to like not you're trying to actually do something nice but you, you can't because you just yep. keep fucking up and it was I actually liked the exchange at the beginning of this uh, when they got to the apartment where where kind of um, George took Kramer to the side and kind of like did this little talk to him uh, you know about like you mm-hmm. know don't say anything weird and Kramer's like well I'm not an idiot <laughs> but yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, then, and then he causes so much so much chaos but yeah yes as George, you know, is trying to get out of there, he ends up leaving his card with the guy for some idiotic reason. But he does say here, I'm in real estate, 
which at this point, he's not in real estate. He has quit his job. Exactly. This is this is another one because this episode is like like episode three or something when they when they filmed it. Uh, So episode six. Yeah. Oh, no, you're right. Episode three. Yeah. This is supposed to be very early in the season and before the revenge. It's before the revenge. So, again, we're going to talk about that next episode. But as much as I love this season, I think it would have been better overall if it actually tracked correctly. But, you know, we'll we'll come back to that. But yes, I I noticed that as well, that he gave the card out and he said, I'm in real estate. So I I even put a note. I was like, okay, you know, this this must have Mm -hmm. still been, you know, before the revenge episode, even though it's so much later when it was actually aired. Yep. Uh, at Jerry's place, George and Jerry uh, are on the phone. It's kind of an unnecessary scene because Jerry is just kind of like talking or George is talking to Kramer through Jerry on the phone. We've all had situations like this, but really they're only talking about stuff that we've already seen. Uh, you know, it, it's fairly unnecessary, this this entire scene. Um, the only thing I guess that I kind of like about it is we've had situations where all of us have had these three-way conversations. Other than that, I didn't really find that a particularly important scene. Yeah, I mean, I was amused by it because Jerry was kind of like relating both sides of the conversation, but doing it like his best Kramer impression than doing his best George impression. But yeah, it was like, yeah, whatever, you know. Although I do like the whole, which you'll get to it, about what Kramer says about the cat. Will I get to it? You don't know what I'll get to. You don't know what notes I took. It's, it's the only good thing that they, in this scene that they say. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Well, then you, uh, you then bring it up because I don't think I wrote down. Oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> no, but... I love the the line that Kramer says uh, or when when you know Jerry's like, what do you say? Like, are you going to go help him find the cat or something like that? And Kramer says, uh, it's been a week. It's up to the cat now. I thought that oh, was yeah. funny. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I didn't find that a particularly amusing line. <laughs> all right. Well, it's, hey, I, I'm not going to advocate for this episode at all, so <laughs> we can move on. Man, the apathy is real today. <laughs> Dude, I, I was, every time I see this episode, I fucking hate it, man. Every time, so. Uh, so Elaine comes in. She's in like all about a huff of this guy who has been here for an entire week. She's ready to get fucking done with him. You know, this this little extra storyline that we don't really care all that much, but it's, I guess, somewhat funny. I mean, the way she acts is good, I think. And maybe we would care if we actually saw the guy before the final scene. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a B story, or I guess a well, is it a B or a C storyline? Anyways, uh, yeah, it's not strong. Although I like her monologue at the end, and we'll come to that. Um, but yes, yeah, we'll, we'll come. To that. Yeah, we'll come to that. Um, but yeah, I think it would have helped. I did write a note about that one. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. Um, I think it would have helped if we saw him earlier. That's all. Yeah, no, absolutely. If if he was actually more part part of the uh, the actual show, then that would make sense. Uh, but they are all they're you know she's trying to get the best path towards the airport right now. They're kind of her and Jerry and whatever they're talking about. You know, okay, do we take this tunnel? Do I take the Van Wick? Uh, you know, she just wants this guy fucking gone. Then we get into a stand up bit. Yeah, not one of the better ones, but still mm-hmm. relatable to what's happening. Jerry talks about, he's like, you know, flying doesn't make me nervous. It's getting to the airport that makes me nervous because if you miss your flight, there's no alternate to that. And he's like, there's no like, oh, we're sorry. You missed your flight. We'll just put you on the next cannon. You're going, where'd you, you're going to Connecticut? Oh no, you're going to uh, Texas. Okay. And he, he like makes this motion of like cranking the cannon around and, and whatnot. And he's like, you know, we'll get you as close to uh, Dallas as possible. Just make sure when you get off the, the net, you know, I don't know, the, the luggage is coming soon. Eh. The only thing good about that stand up was him like sort of uh, pantomiming the, 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 
controls for the cannon, you know, mm-hmm. totally. Uh, that was the only thing good about it with the, was the visual gag of it. Uh, at Elaine's apartment, you know, her alarm hasn't gone off and they slept in and they're all, oh, she's freaking out. I do like, you know, how how crazy she's being and trying to rush him out of there. And he is just apparently so goddamn oblivious that he doesn't realize, you know, that she wants him gone or that, you know, he shouldn't. He shouldn't stick around. Uh, but I will say, I do find this, you know, I don't know, this is fairly consistent with Elaine and her alarms because this is the whole thing about what Jean-Paul, why why Jerry wanted to take over for that because she is not good uh, when, you know, the pressure of waking up on time is on the line. And she even said, I bought a new alarm clock. It'll even slap you in the face if you oversleep. And you know what? Yep. I was like, that was your problem. You bought a new alarm clock. You should have stuck with your tried and true one that you know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen with a new one. And sure enough, she didn't set it correctly. Knew that would happen. You never, ever get a new alarm clock when you like you need it. Or, you know, you should just be using your iPhone. She, she should have checked clock. for the volume. <laughs> that that would do it. Was the volume. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh man, that's a that is that's a stinker right there. When you have when you set your alarm and everything, but the volume is all the way down. And you're like, a, was a was a separate knob. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, that's my best Jean-Paul uh, uh, impression right there. But we, you know, just her rushing is fantastic. We cut to Jerry's apartment. Very interesting conversation, which is, I don't know, not terrible. Uh, but George, if you tell him any place in the city, he can tell you where the best public restroom is, the best public toilet. And it's just kind of a, a funny little thing. I don't know. It's just kind of, I've, I've known guys that, not that exactly, but they're like, you know, name an actress, I can tell you where she appeared topless. Like those kind of guys, but this is just, this is a public toilet version of that well as an ex lift driver in los angeles for about three years i can definitely tell you different areas what has the best bathroom (laughs) (laughs) and guess what some of them are alleys Uh, oh i have we've we've all peed in alleys uh in la i certainly have yes we all have every single person who lives in la has peed in an alley at some point yeah uh so elaine comes in super disheveled and we get a very good monologue this is this is one of the highlights of the episode her monologue of her driving like mad and having to get this guy to the airport uh and you know how it's going so well then the Van Wick and shit just kind of fell apart and she couldn't get him there. And he's out there at the car waiting the way she, she performed it, the way she looked, uh, everything, you know, that was, that was definitely one of the highlights of the episode. Yeah. During the course of this series as a whole, there are some great sort of monologue deliveries. Obviously, I think we all know the best one of the, uh, the sea was angry that day. Uh, you know, no. <laughs> that that's, that's probably like one of the best ones okay. ever. Uh, but dude, this one, this one is, is stellar. As much as I hate this episode, Elaine's monologue right here is unbelievably good. And I would implore anyone to just watch that scene. But even prior to that, the conversation George and Jerry are having about the bathrooms, that's actually a classic one to me. I kind of see that one pop up here and there mm. uh, online and whatnot. People like talk about it, and it's one that I remember to the point where I was like hating this episode so much that when this little chunk came on back to back, I was like, oh crap, I forgot that this conversation was actually this episode because it's for some reason they saved all the goodness of this episode. 
episode in the last like five minutes, five, ten minutes of it, basically. But I love, I love, loved Elaine's delivery. Her, just the look. Yeah. You could just see it all in her face. And the camera did a great job of just like zooming right in and just giving her everything. I loved it, man. Mm-hmm. So the bus boy has come up. Uh, he apparently found out where Jerry is, or, or I don't know how the hell he found out where to go. Uh, but he comes up from the to the apartment, and George obviously is worried that this guy's going to kill him. But apparently a gas main exploded, and this guy would have died. And so he's, you know, George is his hero. Uh, he ended up getting a new job. His cat came back. And, you know, yay, everything worked out well for him. And then we get one of my least favorite moments in the entirety of Seinfeld, the series of Seinfeld. The audience claps for George. Like, there's a very weird stop in what's happening, and the audience claps for George as if he's this fucking hero, and I hate that moment. Yeah, I I wrote it down. It's so weird. First off, uh, Antonio hugs him, but I don't know if Mm -hmm. you noticed, but when he hugs him, he kind of like gropes Jason Alexander's (laughs) man boob, and I'm like, like, that's weird, but then the audience goes into a weird applause, and I I wrote that down. I was like, we've never, we never see an applause on Seinfeld, and Mm -mm. it's it goes against the show's motto, which was for all nine years the show's motto was no hugging and no learning and every episode was built on no hugging and no learning it basically it goes against both of those right there because george i feel like george did learn a lesson here Mm -hmm. and we had the the hug and 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 the whole reason the motto the whole reason that the writer's room motto of no hugging and no no learning was because they were trying to go against every sitcom that came up before them, you know, starting with all the Brady Bunches and stuff, because all those shows would end with a, a hug, and then obviously the characters learn something, and then the audience applauses. And it, this scene right here is literally everything that Seinfeld is against. Yeah, I would say that this scene and Jerry and Elaine getting back together yeah. at the end of uh, uh, the deal. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So well, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Weird, weird season. Weird season that we'll 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 talk about in next episode. On the way out, the bus boy and Elaine's guy end up fighting in the hallway. Whatever, um, you know. I guess it's kind of funny, but we don't see any of it, and it's all just kind of it's whatever. I don't really care about it. Yeah, and, I don't care and, about either of those characters, honestly. I don't care about the bus boy, and I don't care about Elaine's guy. Yeah, and it was weird because, again, he's not in the episode at all until you just see him in that one scene. And then even here, now that we've seen him, we don't even see him again. Uh, we only hear his voice. So so we don't see the scuffle. We don't see the exchange. We only hear it. And it just it felt weird. It felt like, did the actor, like, he was only there for that one scene, you you know, like he wasn't there for the other shooting days. Like, why? It was just weird. I didn't I didn't like that. It was off putting. We end the episode at well, before a final stand a bit, but we had we we're at Monk's. Apparently, you know, the bus boy lost his job because he hurt himself falling down the stairs. And Elaine's guy is still around as well. So things didn't turn out all that great for everybody uh, in the episode, whatever. And we end with a stand-up bit. Except for Jerry. Jer- Jerry, like, yeah. <laughs> and he didn't say it here, but we know later on, with uh, especially with the even Steven stuff, uh, he's like, I'll be I'll be just fine. Yeah. It, it, this is, yeah, he's like, oh, cool. He's like, and everyone sort of, like, leaves one at a time, and he's just left at the at the booth, and he's like, oh, cool, you know, like, eating his stuff, and the busboy comes over, and he's like, hey, how's it going? Because he does, he does mention earlier on that being, like, on the 
the road. I think he he actually talks to the busboys a lot, like especially when you because you, a lot of times um, you'll kind of be waiting in the kitchen before you go up to your set. Uh, so he's like, I talk to busboys all the time, and it kind of ended like with that. I, I like that Jerry. Nothing happened to him essentially, and moving forward, that's pretty much going to be the the norm. I think absolutely. Yeah, and so the final stand up bit. Oof. Oof, that's real, a real <laughs> stinker here, guys. He's like, I don't understand fighting. I don't, like, why do we do it? Uh, especially boxing. Like, why are the, these guys aren't even mad at each other? What's the deal? What's the deal with boxing? So, like, maybe we should have them come in on in little cars and then get in a fender bender. That way, at least they'll have something to be mad about. And crickets. <laughs> Lame. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely lame, bro. All right, I, what do you think, man? What did you think of this episode? All right, I, I felt this was a slightly lesser to, you know, meh episode. This is a very middle to lower middle of the pack episode. You know, like all Seinfeld episodes, it's very watchable to me. I will I will not skip it. You know, if, if I'm in a hotel room and this is on TV, I will still watch this over watching an episode of Big Bang Theory that I haven't watched or well, maybe not. I, I kind of like Big Bang Theory or other, you know, definitely above Friends or other shows that, you know, a lot of other shows that I've seen or whatnot. I still like this episode because it's Seinfeld. But that being said, you know, there are some good moments as you brought up. Elaine's, you know, her monologue diatribe was great. Uh, some other things are, are OK, but Overall, I just don't love this episode. I it's I like it okay, but it is lower of the Seinfeld pack. Uh, and so I gave it, tying for my lowest ranking of the season with, I believe it was the episode of the uh, the Flaming Globes of Sigmund episode. I think that was my other lowest of the, of the season with uh, two out of five Van Wicks. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Yeah, man, I, I'm, as always, I feel like we always say it whenever we were about to shit on an episode of Seinfeld, but the, <laughs> the bottom line is I, I will never ever change the channel when this episode comes yeah. on because I will never change any Seinfeld ever. I would rather watch this than most anything else out there. Uh, that being said, if I had a choice of watching another Seinfeld episode, I would because yeah. it, this one is as low as I can get with it. This, I just I just was not not feeling this. Um, I, I didn't like the busboy storyline. No offense to the actor, but I don't like how how he portrayed the busboy personally. I didn't find anything really relatable there, but there was some gold. We talked about it. There was some gold to be had because this is Seinfeld. There's always going to be some gold somewhere. It's just a matter of how much there's going to be. And the stuff that's good in this episode, the stuff that works, it works really, really well because it's Seinfeld and, and Elaine is awesome and the characters are, are they're doing their thing. But the story, just the, the concept in the story just was not strong on this one. It was, I felt like after the Chinese restaurant where it's so simple. It's just in one location, and you have so much action going on in one location. Here you have, like, multiple locations, and they can't even, like... Just it's just bloated. It's like overdone or something or overcooked. Like too many cooks in the kitchen or something. I don't know. I don't know where it went wrong. I think I think it went wrong in the scripting area. Just not a strong story for this particular episode. But we have you know multiple seasons to go to keep going yes. through. So you know like this will just kind of fade away. But uh, I, I don't ever. I would never recommend it as something that people should go and watch as an example of great Seinfeld. 
Cora, my man, let's wrap this thing out by telling us uh, where you can be found on the internet. Yes, sir. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Corey Nation. I am most active there. And then podcast-wise, you can listen to me and my buddy Zach every other week talk about cult classic films from the 70s, 80s, and a little bit of the 90s on podcasting after dark. And that's on the BFOP network, which is where you can also find Cartwright and and Blast From Our Past podcast with Adam and his brother. So uh, what you think about that, buddy? I think a lot of good things about that. I'm trying to get people to call it the BFOP network. And really by saying people, it's just you and me. We're the only people who are actually talking about it. <laughs> BFOP, BFOP, baby. network. Doesn't it sound cool? BFOP. It does. Man, have you checked out what's the latest on BFOP? <laughs> it does actually have quite a quite a little role to yeah. it. I like that. Good guy. Yeah, yeah, I'll, BFOP. I'll start calling it BFOP, so, bud. <laughs> yeah, stands for uh, Blast From Our Past Network, uh, and which we kind of pulled from the podcast that my brother and I started, which is is the Blast From Our Past podcast, which is all things nostalgia. Corey is on it very frequently as well. Pretty frequently, we'll say. Uh, and yeah, you can check us out on Instagram and Facebook. But more often, more than anything else, I just want you to listen to our episodes, man. Check us out. We actually really enjoy talking about nostalgic shit. So we want you to hear about our nostalgic shit. I have been listening to the Blast From Our Past podcast since episode one. And it's not because I'm friends with you guys. I love it. I legit <laughs> love it. I really like the music, the album reviews you guys have been doing. Uh, the Weird Al Yankovic one was probably my favorite mm. of the recents. Uh, only because I'm just not a huge Helmet fan. Uh, but I thought you guys did a really good job. Especially John did a really good job digging into uh, Helmet and everything. So guys, go check out the Blast From Our Past podcast. It is the flagship podcast of our network that where you can find Podcast After Dark and Cartwright. And, uh, you know, even if you cherry pick it, but I, I say just listen to every episode. It, it's a lot of fun. You're going to find a lot of nostalgia in there and have a good time. And you guys do a little bit, not mainstream, but a little bit lighter, lighthearted movies, whereas Podcasting After Dark, yeah. the, the, the conceit, the thesis behind it is supposed to be a, a complimentary uh, sort of podcast to Blast From Our Past and we do like more of the darker stuff that I sort of watched as a kid that you guys haven't. So hopefully with, with the two of those podcasts and Cartwright and you know whatever else we have in the future, we're kind of like cultivating this whole retro podcast vibe thing that's going on right now. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, oh, and what? Really hope so. And while we're on it, uh, if you guys can swing on over to Apple Podcasts and rate Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, if you can give us five stars and maybe a little like one or two sentence review would be so freaking awesome because that's what uh, I Apple iTunes uses to like their algorithm, right? That's that's how we show up higher in the searches if you guys give us ratings and everything. Um, or, you know, follow us on Spotify, whatever is the easiest for you. We're, we're out there pretty much everywhere, but if you can leave us a five-star review on Apple podcast that would just be a huge huge thing to help out we really appreciate it. and we really appreciate all the the reviews that you guys have left so far you guys have been so awesome and truly online we feel the love you guys are loving this podcast and we are listening we hear you guys we are feeling it we're feeling all of the love love baby <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're not a lane man we're not trying to kick you guys out <laughs> no no stay stay for as long as you want exactly exactly and uh so yeah next week um we are now this this was the finale of season two we didn't even really address that here but we're gonna save mm -hmm. that for the next episode where uh we're gonna start um we didn't do one with season one but starting now and moving forward we're gonna create a standalone wrap-up episode where we kind of just talk about our thoughts 
thoughts on the season as a whole and any kind of weirdness that we can sort of you know come up with online any kind of like tidbits of information so we'll talk about this being the season finale uh next episode and what that means or what that meant for for the the shooting order versus the airing order of this season uh excited to talk about that um but for now i guess uh we will talk to you all next week Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. 